there's a movie that you never seen The map is some ninjas or a crazy death machine There'll be smiles, there'll be tears You won't watch a movie for about eight billion years It's time for death by video Time for death by video And now the show will begin Alright, it's a... What we're watching episode. I still haven't come up with a better name for this yet. There should be something snappy that I think of. But it's Death by Video. Oh, I'm Phil. I'm, I'm Kit. And I'm still Graham saying welcome back. So we're just going to take a moment to talk about some of the films we watched outside of our regular... Uh, out of our... Programming? Yeah, regular programming. That makes <laughs> sense. So, Phil, what have you seen in the last little while that's interesting? In the last little while, I haven't watched too much. I uh, rewatched, but I rewatched uh, Trash Humpers. There was a YouTube rip of that. Uh, as you may or may not know, I I'm a big Harmony Corinne fan, and oh, yeah. uh, this is one um, mm. I decided to revisit. I wasn't quite sure what to make of it the first time I watched it, like a little over a decade ago. But uh, this it's, is film. Wait a second. This is the film Trash Humpers. Yes, and okay. it's exactly what you. It's exactly what the title tells you. It's just a bunch of uh, degenerates in. Um, I'm I'm assuming in a southern town. It's shot on VHS. It's a found footage movie, and it's just and it's filmed as if it's just like some uh, blank VHS tape that you found lying on the side of a road. Uh, mm-hmm. Cool. Do we ever find out why they hump the trash? No, there's no real motivation. They're just uh, social outcasts, and they're uh, mm-hmm. they're just wreaking havoc and uh, humping trash. Humping trash. Okay, humping trash. <laughs> um, Kit, what have you seen? Have you seen a movie lately that you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, man, it's actually been a, a while since we did one of these. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at the movies. Um, I'll just go in reverse order. And we'll, we'll go in. We'll do our, our Halloween thing where we each talk about one movie at a time, going around in a circle. All right. I sort of uh, uh, fell for like the uh, the online hype and uh, went and, and and watched Den of Thieves, the 2018 uh, Gerard Butler uh, movie directed by I think the same guy who does all the Olympus uh, is fallen things. Uh, Christian Gudicast. Mm-hmm. Not Christian, bad director. Oh no, he he he's only directed. Uh, he he wrote London Has Fallen. Mm. Um, he has only directed Den of Thieves, and there is a projected Den of Thieves too. So that's very exciting news for all the Den of Thieves heads out there, which apparently there are. Um, honestly, I didn't like like it. I didn't have as much fun watching it as I think some people did. Uh, it does have some pretty funny moments because it's like it's it's like a movie like directed by a monster energy can is is basically what it feels like um (laughs) but it but it exists i've never seen um sorry for swearing uh gerard butler's so scuzzy he's like never not like stuffing something into his mouth like whether it be like a pastry or a beer or like a pepto-bismol at one point or like um whiskey Mm -hmm. or uh, a cigarette like he is never not Mm-hmm. Um, just guzzling something into his face. Uh, he looks horrible in this movie. Uh, just a haggard, haggard face. Um, yeah, 
Cool. And he's kind of the main guy for the uh, the big draw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. There's oh, one well. point where he he pulls up to his house and he's just blasting um, Everlast's um, uh, what it's like on a stereo. It's, so it's that kind of movie. I can see why the internet <laughs> likes this movie. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, internet. Anyway, two stars for me, but you might have fun watching it. There is some funny moments. Cool. Um, all right, I'll talk about a good film I watched recently. It's, uh, well, a couple weeks ago. It's Psycho Goreman from director Steve Kostansky and some of the guys behind the Astron 6 films, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, this movie can best be described as what if a genocidal, or sorry, an intergalactic genocidal maniac becomes controlled by a nine-year-old girl? And that's pretty much what it is. It's like it's like if ET came to destroy our planet instead of was marooned here. And it's it's gory, it's hilarious, it's really fun. Uh, it's a Canadian film, so big ups to that. The effects are great, the gore is great, super fun. Um, it's just great because it's not even like the psycho gore man. That's what the little girl chooses to name uh, name him after he like they ask what his name is, and he's like, I do not have a name. The only thing someone has called me has been the, what is it? The Archduke of Despair or something. And she's like, no, you're going to be Psycho Goreman. And so the entire time he's just like, I am going to kill you and your whole family. Okay, see you tomorrow. Because she can, she has the orb that controls him. He was buried on our planet like thousands of years ago and secret by an intergalactic uh, government. And now they're like, come back. They have to come out here and try and kill him, even though he's like, the ultimate killing machine. And it's just controlled by this little girl that makes him do all kinds of really weird, messed up stuff. Really fun movie. Um, yeah. So Phil, anything else you've seen? Yes. I finally watched uh, Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. I, yes. I don't have Netflix. Do potatoes. <laughs> the Irishman. Yes. Yeah. I don't have Netflix, so I didn't watch it along with everybody else, but I finally, Criterion put out a DVD of it and I got it out of the library. Yeah. And I, I'm not a long movie guy, but I watched this entire movie in one sitting. You can do it. Yeah. So it what was drugs so were you on while you did this? It's, hmm? I said, what drugs were you on while you did this? Caffeine. <laughs> that, that would help. I want to point out that I literally thought... Like it's definitely a slow burn, but... I literally thought that Phil's letterbox account had been hacked when I saw your review. The, the most negative thing you can say is that the, uh, the de-aging effects don't really work, I think. I think the most negative thing you can say about the movie is the movie itself is not good. But wow. anyway, you just, uh, just in a bad mood when you watched it, Graham. Yeah, there's, there's like the one scene that's clunky that everybody justifiably made fun of, like, Robert De Niro, like, kicking the crap out of Oh, yeah, it, it doesn't work. He's so yeah. stiff. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise it works, because for most, for at least half the movie, he's playing, like, a middle-aged paunchy dude, and it's... And when he's playing, like, the old guy, it gets kind of sad, it's dealing great, with Action yeah. Bronson, buying a buying a oh, yeah. basket from Action Bronson. And geriatric Pesci is great as well. It's so weird. it's so jarring, but like seeing Joe Pesci like really underplaying a role, like he's he's so like calm and methodical. Uh, he, that's how he survives to the end of the movie in this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I'll, I won't go any further with that. <laughs> the acting's incredible. Like Anna Paquin, even Anna Paquin, like her performance is Chris. Like, oh yeah, she, has, she only has one line, but like she delivers a class of uh, non-verbal acting. Uh, Jesse Plemons barely says anything except for the yeah, weird one Jesse scene Plemons. where he goes on about fish for like <laughs> the, the it's like a weird Tarantino great. bit all of a sudden. Yes, I love that scene. Yeah, it was it was, it was good. Anyhow. Sorry, Graham. Sorry you didn't appreciate the goodness. I was not a fan. I'll put it that way. I'm glad you guys have a movie you like, but I was not a fan. <laughs> uh, Kit, what, what have you seen next? Oh, man. Uh, I also watched Venom. I finally got around to that. Nice. No? That's um, oh, fine. How it's do fine. you do Venom without Spider-Man? That's what I don't understand. You just do it. Just the way they did it, just to don't include Spider-Man in the story. He's he's a reporter in San Francisco. Actually, he's like a like a web guy. Like he's he's em, he's employed by like a, a news agency or something like that. And he's like uh, Eddie Brock live. Um, and he's got this whole uh, web program. And then he gets fired because he goes after uh, the one one good thing about the movie is the uh, the character played by Reza Aslan, the uh, the bad guy, is clearly Elon Musk. It's like a thin mask for elon musk he's like this fucking tech bro who wants to make the world a better place and he's the guy who who gets the symbiote juice and he has a bunch of them and he's, he's trying to bond it with human beings and he's doing all these terrible experiments mm-hmm. um and uh eddie brock is investigating him um and he gets fired for asking too many questions um and somehow he doesn't like i mean it's the internet he could just i don't know There'd be tons of places where you could, I don't know, make bank, you'd think, still, doing his uh, Eddie Brock show if it was getting uh, viewers. But no, he is destitute after that. He loses his uh, girlfriend, Michelle Williams. Yeah, Michelle Williams is in a Venom yes. movie. And she's going to be in the second Venom she, movie. There too. is a brief moment of time where the uh, the symbiote... Oh, and she becomes Lady Venom? Becomes Lady Venom with, like, like Venom has, like, lady boobs and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's a character from the comics, Lady Venom, when... Yeah, yeah this is a... what I was told, is what Lady Venom does look like that. It's just funny that Venom has, like, a figure and, and a nice rack. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, not terrible. Wasn't there <laughs> a swollen member... Sorry? Wasn't there a swollen member song called Lady Venom? Oh, Christ, there probably was. <laughs> Mocha Only was on the track as well. I, I think this was pre-Mocha Only, <laughs> Um, oh, swollen members. I, it's. I mean, it's not a great movie. I think I gave it two and a half stars. But um, somehow I'm still looking forward to uh, Woody Harrelson as Carnage, mm-hmm. as is teased at the end of the movie. I'm like, Woody Harrelson for one does not age. How is he playing Carnage at like he's sixty nine or whatever? It's his weird satanic vegan powers that he has. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't expose himself to air conditioning. He doesn't like. He only eats things that grow on trees. Like he's he's, he's going to be carnage, way. apparently. He doesn't consume flour, even supposedly. I know the new Venom's supposed to come out this year. I'm I'm kind of I wish I hope ah. theaters are yeah, we'll open see, so we'll I can see, see it live. I am praying that somehow I can see Godzilla versus Kong on a big screen this year because the thought of seeing that on a TV, it's like no, I want to see Godzilla versus Kong on the on a be. big screen. My prediction is uh, just an aside. Once once things really more open they're gonna throw a lot of these films that were like meant to be seen on the uh, on the big screen those are gonna re-enter the, the theater like the the big big ones at least i mean mm-hmm. not the indie films obviously but like the yeah. godzillas the ones that studios mm-hmm. threw a lot of money at yeah they're gonna muscle their way into theaters again yeah 
so the next film I want to talk about is Vampire's Kiss, which I had never seen before, the Nicolas Cage film. And for everyone that says Nicolas Cage became a bad actor, A, they're wrong. He's a great actor. And B, his crazy, insane acting style began in this movie. Yes, Kit. I think I've seen this movie when it was on First Choice, the uh, the movie network before okay. it was called the movie network. Because mm-hmm. uh, my dad wanted to watch it because I guess he was sort of in the movies. And am I not mistaken, is uh, Nicolas Cage not actually a vampire? He, he's, he just thinks he is? Is that correct? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, I, I love this movie. He's just so amazing. It, it's, his whole way of speaking is insane. And especially towards the end when he just full on has a break with reality and is like running through the streets being like, I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. So good. Uh, so yeah, I highly recommend that. It's really well made. It's one of those great late eighties, early nine level. No, it was 87. So like late eighties, um, 88, I think. Yeah. Late eighties, New York films that still showed New York as having a pulse and a vibe mm-hmm. before it became Disney. Um, Phil, what else have you seen lately? Um, I've, I filled a blind spot I on Tubi. Uh, I finally saw the movie Affliction. Oh, okay. With uh, Nick Nolte, James oh. Coburn, Willem Dafoe, Sissy Spacek. Nice. I've got that, uh, that. The Wire, yeah. Hmm? I've got that uh, on to watch on my Prime, uh, which I'm Nice, yeah. I keep on forgetting to cancel. But uh, yeah, it's on there. I'm going to check it out. It, it's a bleak movie, but it's fantastic. Um, Paul Schrader directed it. It was based on the Russell Banks novel. It was the, the second Russell Banks adaptation that year because it came out shortly after Sweet Hereafter. Mm-hmm. Nick Nolte was nominated Best Actor. Yeah, I remember that. He lost to Roberto Benigni. Oh, Mother yeah. Life is Beautiful. Mother, hey, Father. Life yeah. is Beautiful is a great movie. I'm not going to slam it. I still haven't seen Life is Beautiful. Mm. Cry at the end. But Nick Nolte is just incredible in this movie. Mm-hmm. James Coburn's incredible. You forget he's a good actor, Nick Nolte. I mean, he, I remember, what was it, the Hotel Rwanda, where he basically plays um, the Canadian general, the UN guy? Mm-hmm. He seemed hammered. <laughs> like, it's just Probably. portrayed comes off as drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a solid actor. Yeah. There, there was, he was in this one movie I'd never got around to seeing, The Good Thief, which I think was a loose remake of Bob Le Flambeau. Where like the protagonist is a junkie. I think I see. And, and Nick Nolte, he tried heroin <laughs> when prepping for the role. Like he mentions in the interview, like, I, I did a little bit of heroin. I just needed to get into the character. He's like, it was fine. Sure. Yeah. And this was like around the time of like the haggard Nick Nolte mugshot, uh, mm-hmm. iconic mugshot for the ages. I remember oh, that. Yeah. yeah. And just the stories of him at TIFF just like blindly stumbling across a Bloor Street. Yeah. <laughs> Squatting people. I'm Nick Nolte. He was like the Sasquatch of TIFF for several years. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Is it Nick Nolte? Oh, crap. Lock your doors. Lock your doors. Um, Kit, what else have you seen? Uh, I went on a Michael Mann kick. Sort nice. of a, a miniature one. Uh, it a might miniature continue. Man kick, you would say? Yeah, so so I watched a Collateral, mm-hmm. um, beautiful uh, peak mid aughts type of movie, mm-hmm. um, and man, Tom Cruise is good as a bad guy. Yeah, he he, he rocks that role, mm-hmm. um, and um, Jamie Foxx is good as like a more like kind of 
less heroic kind of role. Like he pulls that off pretty well too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, very different from uh, Miami Vice, which I watch next, where he's like, just like this super macho guy. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Colin Farrell. It's it's a pretty hilarious movie, actually. I, I don't love know. Miami I, Vice. I, I kind I of had fun watching it um, because it's so uh, funny in so many ways. Um, just like the 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 Chris Cornell, which which uh, comes Audio on. They Audio Slave as well. I think there's some Chris Cornell solo stuff. Okay. Um, like when Colin Farrell is making love to his lady friend, and they both get sex shower scenes, they both get bedroom scenes. It's almost like it's contractually obligated. Um, there's one time where Jamie Foxx turns to Colin Farrell and he says, "Let's take it to the limit one more time," um, like full of meaning. And then they both like just stare off to different points on the horizon. It's uh, it's it's just a beautiful movie. It's fantastic. Yeah, I love that Michael Mann resisted the urge to make an 80s pastiche movie. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people, when they heard My- Miami Vice was being turned into a movie, they're like, all right, it's going to be suits and. No, man, we got we, the Jay Z Lincoln Park mashup on the soundtrack. Yep. Uh, it's fantastic. That great cold open. Uh... Yeah, at the club. Yeah, with like the director's cut was totally different. Like, there wasn't the cold open, it was like some like boat race. I've oh, snap. I've actually only ever seen the director's cut. Okay. Oh, I only saw the one on front. I should point out, it's called the director's edition, not the director's cut. Michael Mann even said, he's like, it's not really like I wanted to do things and I couldn't. So this is my cut. It's like, it's, he's like, I'm calling it the director's edition because it's like the director released the movie, thought about it some more, watched it a couple times, changed changed a couple things. And it's interesting because he even said he's like, I kind of wanted this version to be on the home uh, home video because it plays differently at home than it would in the theater. He's like, mm-hmm. for the theatrical release, which starts with the cold open of like the Jay-Z, Linkin Park mashup in the club. Mm-hmm. He basically said, he's like, I did that because it's like, okay, it's Friday, it's opening night of this movie. It's Friday night, it's nine o'clock. You know, you're going out, like you go out to, your night out begins with a movie and these guys' night out starts in a club and then it goes from there. So that's what he did. And he's like, at home, Maybe you're like, you know, you're settling down to get into a movie. So we'll start it up like we'll ease you into this before we hit you with the club scene. Okay. So we actually had a justification, which is interesting, but also kind of like, don't do that. I want to see what the movie like the movie is the movie, unless it's something like Blade Runner where it was drastically altered and didn't work. No, I was working at, movie. I was working at Blockbuster when it came out. So whatever version I saw was a version that was just the rental version and it it I always thought of it starting with a cold open. No, I, I think it's like the perfect example of cold open because it just happens like right in the middle of the action too. I oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to check it out because I love movies that just start bam in the middle of everything. Yeah, no, it's, it's terrific. It's also like they're on a they're on a friggin' thing. They're on a mm-hmm. un- undercover thing trying to take mm-hmm. down this pimp, and it gets completely derailed because um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's his face? Uh, great character actor. John Hawks. John Hawks. Oh, John Hawks. <laughs> Just speeding down the highway because he's uh, he's gonna kill himself and stuff, and they have to abandon the entire project <laughs> and focus on his stuff. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic movie. By the way, if you guys haven't seen it, have you guys seen the John Hawks starring movie called Too Late? No. Oh, it's so good. It's from 2015. It's really good. I it was it's been on Netflix forever. Let me see if it's still there. Um, but. Yeah, I highly recommend Too Late. It's probably on Tubi. It's probably on everything. It's it's such a great, great film. It stars John Hawks. It's told out of, it's. it feels the most like a novel that's told out of order. 
because each 20 minute thing was one complete 20 minute reel of film. It's an unbroken take. And they didn't do any of that. Like we're hiding edits with like people moving. It's like, no, it's every part, every 20 minutes of the film is one unbroken long take. And it's broken up into five parts and it's told out of order. And it's so good. And it's not done as like a gimmick. Like you actually learn more about the characters because you're seeing them, like you're seeing the start of the movie, which kicks off the plot, then you realize later on the information is filled in by seeing what would have chronologically been the start of the movie. And mm-hmm. yeah, just so good, so good, so good. Um, I realized I watched like three Canadian movies fairly close to close, back to back after Psycho Gorman. I also watched, rewatched Hardcore Logo, which is- I've never awesome. seen it, oddly enough. It's on Prime through um, through Hollywood Suite. I highly recommend uh, it. I'd already used my free trial with them. Oh, bummer. Oh, yeah. I love Hardcore Logo. This movie still holds up 25 years later. Um, and, yeah, I can see why Quentin Tarantino flipped over it and, like, picked up U.S. distribution. It was really mm-hmm. good. But then I followed it up with another Canadian film, from t- this one from 2014, called Dirty Singles, of which I am the first person to review it on Letterboxd. Wow. And when people say they hate Toronto, watching this movie makes me understand why. It's just a bunch of a-holes living along Queen and Ossington who are wealthy, who cheat for no reason on their spouses and are then like, why is my life difficult? Because I threw my life away. Oh, it's the worst. They go to like, a, I think they go to, they go to a bunch of like bars on Ossington that I recognize. I think they also go to the no, 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 like she-she, like upscale bars. Maybe not like that, but yeah. Like I think they, they shot a bunch at Bell Jar, what now is the Bell Jar. And there's a couple other bars that are no longer there. But I just like hated this movie and hated the people in it. <laughs> and I hate saying that because I like movies. Um, Where'd you watch it? Uh, it's on Prime through okay. Hollywood Suite. Hollywood Suite of, in their 2000 section has a bunch of Canadian films, especially Canadian indie films. Like I think a lot of them sold there like pretty cheaply. So you got your young people fucking. I don't think so. Another movie I haven't seen and I won't because I've never if, seen if, it's not a good movie. No, uh, that's like, what I've heard. Because what everyone has said is like the only thing it has going for it is the title. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, and they kicked off and they almost got Stephen Harper to cancel telefilm because of that stupid <laughs> idiots. <laughs> good marketing gimmick i guess yeah we we killed canadian film um all right i'm trying to think about what else i haven't really seen anything else i saw luigi Cosi's the black cat which is his follow-up to paganini horror which i really liked i rewatched the brady bunch movie from 1996 which was an interesting trip down memory lane lane uh it's really funny and it's as much a parody of 90s culture as it was of early 70s culture at this point because everyone in it Shelly Long, but like any character that's not the Brady's is in full on 90s grunge mode, like flannel, sh- flannel shirt wrapped around baggy jeans, like just crazy. Um, but that's pretty much all I got. They did say. two of those. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing they rushed the set. The second one I didn't realize came out less than 12 months later. A very Brady oh. sequel, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They like they rushed that thing into production. But uh, before we sign off, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Any other movies that are put pressing on your brain? Um, 
I watched uh, the 1989 Wes Craven movie Shocker. Last yeah. Year. Oh, I've never seen it. I remember oh, wanting to see it when one. it came out. It, it really should be more of a cult movie. I don't know why it is because it's just straight up bonkers. This is like the first thing Wes Craven did after uh, getting thrown under the bus by New Line after uh, Freddy Krueger blew up and. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, somewhere between The Hidden and Jason Goes to Hell. This is a, um, a, a lot of this is a lot of body switcheroo and it's uh, very campy and there's some, uh, some real, there's a real, uh, some real wacky anti-television stuff in the narrative. The serial killer is played by Mitch Pileggi who went on to play Skinner on the X-Files. Oh yeah. That's and right. It's, um and the teen protagonist, no, he's he's like he's a college football jock dude, um, played by Peter Berg, long like ten years before he started directing movies. Mm, I remember Peter Berg as a, as an actor. Actor, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool kid. Have you seen anything else? Uh, uh, well, just uh, I revisited uh, Burn After Reading was really good. Nice. Uh, uh, L.A. Confidential, I liked. Uh, but I also like rewatched Mission Impossible Two. I, I watched the first one, and, that, and that's still a classic. Brian De Palma rocks. But yeah. uh, Mission Impossible Two, I hadn't checked out since it was first released. Uh, that's the John Woo one, where he couldn't even, I guess, speak mm. English on set or anything like that. It was uh, very bizarre. Um, but man, it's not terrible. It's really goofy, though. It's it's mm-hmm. as dumb as they come. But man, uh, you got the doves and stuff. It's like classic John Woo, <laughs> like uh, late '90s. Um, just uh, Fandy Newton and, uh, and and Tom Cruise. Um, the, the Tom Cruise is like cartwheel kicking like 20 dudes in this. He doesn't even do one cartwheel kick, I think, in the first one. It's all just, uh, it's high octane. I, I think the, the final fight is like a motorcycle death match. Yep. I remember, I remember. <laughs> Where they stop their motorcycles and fly at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I remember the Limp Bizkit version of the Mission Impossible theme. Oh yeah, that was for that their, one too. Their song was called "Take a Look Around." Yeah, and there's it was like all about how hate is all the world has all. Uh, like now I know why you want to hate me because hate is all the world has seemed to see lately. Yeah, that plays over the credits. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, just uh, maybe a little underrated. It's really silly and and stupid. Um, oh yeah. Like he 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 has to recruit Sandy Newton. She's a super thief, and he has to recruit her, and he he meets her at a party. And she blows him off. So he chases her down on a highway. And then they're like weaving through traffic. And, and she's trying to like run him off the road. And he keeps on like winking at her and, and being hot. And then um, like their cars get mashed together. So they're like spinning around and around and around and around. And they're like getting closer and closer to the cliffside because they're somewhere in Spain, some scenic uh, road there. Uh, and then Sandy's car like tips off the edge. And then she spills out the side. Grabs her and he picks her up and he pulls her into the car. And then they immediately start making out. It's it's wild. Yep, it's a dumb movie. But I remember liking it a lot when I saw it in theaters back in 19... Well, in the year 2000. 2000, yeah. All I remember about that movie is like, everybody's like wearing a mask underneath a mask, underneath a mask. Where do they get these masks from? <laughs> Where's this yeah. technology where you can just produce a perfect... Uh, you know, version of somebody's face and just mm-hmm. like rip it off. Where's the thing? They use that once <laughs> in, in the De Palma movie, and then in this one, it's just like rip, rip. <laughs> you can never <laughs> trust that anybody's who they say they are. Mm-hmm. Anybody can pull their face off. 
Yeah, I got to rewatch the uh, the first one because I, I watched the De Palma documentary about Brian De Palma and it was great. Even him talking about Mission Impossible being like, "Why? what am I doing here? Why did I get hired for this? Like <laughs> <laughs> the Bombach one? Uh, yes, the Bombach one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that good? It was good. It's just Brian De Palma being like, so I started making films here and then I did this film. And he's very open and honest because he's like, you, you don't plan your career as a director. It's just like, why did I do this film after that film? Because they gave me the money to do it. Um, I even like how he talked about when he was like offered Carlito's way. He's like, oh, really? Al Pacino playing another Latin like gangster? <laughs> uh, like I, he's like, I don't want to do this. He's like, he's like, and then it become then he's like, then it actually turned out quite good. Um, I'll run through some other stuff I saw. Like I, I watched a lot of movies since we last recorded. Um, I followed up to Palma with the Easy Riders Raging Bulls documentary, which is quite good. But also just sort of like, yeah, I can see why why studios clamped down on creativity after the, after like Michael Cimino was like, uh, or Chimino, whatever his name is, is like, we're going to kill a hundred horses on this movie just because I feel like it. Um, yeah. That's, and, that's, mm. and the last thing I want to talk about is the Agfa Horror Trailer Show. So this is an interesting, it's, it's a mixtape. It's not really a trailer compilation because they've re-edited some of the trailers to have flow better as one big piece. And they include a lot of like other things from, from movie theaters past, like advertisements and stuff like that. And the cool thing about it was they actually scanned all the, all the, the trailers and all the film pieces, edited it together digitally, and then printed it out to a 35 millimeter film print and then rescanned the film print. So that's what you're seeing in the Blu-ray. And it's, oh my God, is that Sigourney? Is that Death by Video's mascot? It's Sigourney, Kit's cat. Yes. Listener. Yeah. Check out my um, cat. <laughs> nice. Uh, but the bonus thing on the Agfa Horror Trailer Show Blu-ray is a shot on video horror trailer show. So it's a whole another 90 minutes of shot on video horror trailers, which I have yet to watch, but I'm looking forward to. So yeah, so that's what we've been watching. Uh, we'll be back with another episode soon. So for Death by Video. I've been Phil. I've been Kit. I've been Graham saying, please be sure to rewind. We'll see you next time. Stay safe, everybody.